This is a dark matter warhead. It is capable of dismantling reality itself. Never mind the loss of life and property. And it is the brainchild of this man, Dr. Babylon, the head of Legion's Ministry of Pride. I'm sure you've heard me speak of him. Your objective is twofold, agents. One, steal the warhead. Two, kill Dr. Babylon. Hello and welcome to Allah Government the Podcast. I'm your host, Abdullah, and with me today is K, K- Bess. Hi, that's me. <laughs> that's a fun name to say. Say that three times fast. Yeah. <laughs> K Bess, K Bess, K Bess, K Bess. There it is. There it is. There it is. Here I am. Here I am. <laughs> oh man. What a what a crazy time we're in right now. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> No kidding. Who knew 2020 would be what it is? Yeah, I know. Um, okay, so backstory on this episode. Yeah. Originally, I was supposed to record on Wednesday with someone completely different. But at the very last second, I get an e- I you know, I email their they, they didn't show up, so I emailed mm. their so I emailed their representatives. I'm like, um, mm-hmm. I'm online. I'm waiting for them. You know, <laughs> can they, are they going to show up or what? What? What have you? And then they're like, literally panicking. Like they're like, that that's not supposed to happen. We'll get right on it. We'll get back to you as soon as possible. Like you can tell, like they were really desperate because because it was um. It was crazy. Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah. And then, and then so that had to be, you know, long story short, it got rescheduled yeah. to October. So in place of that, we have K. So fantastic. <laughs> Happy to be here. Yeah. <laughs> it's and, my lucky day. <laughs> yeah, I know. And there is also history with K Best because, um, I looked at my old emails and I'm like, wait a minute, wasn't there someone I was supposed to interview like a year ago? Sometime before the apocalypse. Yeah, exactly. And then I looked, I'm like, oh no, no. Like, no. Like, all I, good. No, I mean, I just quickly, you know, reached out to you and said, you know, let's just do it now because. Yeah. It's not like anyone, it's not like we're going anywhere. Exactly. <laughs> so. It's not like I'm out and about, you know, God, traveling the world. I mean, I hope <laughs> not. <laughs> I hope not. Nope. <clears throat> I'm here I am just in my closet, you know, like I usually am recording things. <laughs> So how is how is how has it been like settling into the new normal? Well, um, I have to say that I think for many many voice actors, um, it's kind of status quo. You know, we have been working from home and in our home studios for several years now, and voiceover really is the only piece of the entertainment industry that, um, you know, that has continued to work. So I think, you know, while, while some things have slowed down, um, I think for many, many people, um, it's, there's actually been a boost in work. um, And um, the kind of the two areas that were the with the the holdouts, you know, for recording at home um, were for animation and video games because sound, you know, the room, the you know, all of it is so 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 very uh, very specific, and they really need to have control over their sound and their room and all of that. Um, those were kind of the holdouts, but even uh, even video games and animation have because they because they want to keep everything moving um, and on you know on production schedule. Um, they have they too have been um they too have been using voice talent from home so in a lot of ways you know we're the we're the ones who are keeping you know contributions to pension and health alive because we're the ones who are still working so um we don't get to go out and you know do the fun thing of going into studios and which is a, which is always a great thing to do to see people and see directors and see other actors that you're working with and stuff so um but Gosh, I would say like, you know, at least 80% of our work is from home already. So that didn't really change. And I happen to homeschool my daughter. So even that didn't really change for me. You know, Um, I kind of live in a cocoon. So I'm still in my cocoon. And I just 
go outside a whole lot less frequently. <laughs> so, so I mean, it wasn't much different for you. It was just, oh, the world's finally caught up to me. <laughs> well, I think what's great about it is that the world has, uh, you know, the world has caught up to the idea that you really can do a lot from home. Um, and voice actors have always been envied, I think, for that. You know that we, you know, you you get yourself a good microphone and a good uh, a good room to record in, and some good hardware and good software, and you really can you really can provide for your clients right right where you are. You know, so um, so yeah, I think I think that's happening in a lot of of industries where you realize, gosh, we really can we really can be productive from home. So, um, so it's interesting that, you know, voice, voice actors have sort of in many ways led the way, you know, which is great, at least in the entertainment world. That's for sure. So, I mean, I, I know that the on-camera stuff had to be stopped for, for like a couple yes. of months and then just recently they went back and, you know, now there's this whole controversy of, you know, should they be going back or should they right. not be going back? And then there's this whole mess. And, and meanwhile, like voice actors are just like, eh, you know, I can just record everything from home. I don't have to worry about health. So exactly. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. And there, there are many voice actors who, uh, who had to cut, had to get up to speed. I think, I think, um, I think there were some holdouts again in the voiceover world who, you know, didn't really want to get a home studio. And, you know, if they're living in LA or New York or Chicago or, you know, a, a major city where, where most of the time they do go out, um, to outside studios, they, they really had to do some catch up. And so, um, so, but there, but there was there was certainly a faction of us who um, who were already doing that. You know, uh, um, I think if I think if you had an agent who was really on top of their game in that regard, and they, I mean, certainly my my agency pressed, you know, ten twelve years ago. It's like we're not going to have studios for you to come in and record your auditions. So you you have to have a studio. You know. Um, and, you know, so consequently, I, I feel fortunate that I was completely prepared, you know, for for a time such as this. So, yeah. And mo- I mean, and, and when you're like recording for video games, you're mostly recording alone anyway. So that much hasn't changed. It's just the location has changed. It's just, yeah. 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 There's they have, you know, when you I um when you're recording from home, you know, for a video game or for animation, you know, they they call and they. Um, they want to hear, uh, you know, a sample of your room and they, they want to make mic adjustments. And I mean, they're so, so, so particular, um, just because that's the state of, of video games and, and animation, you know, very different for commercials where it's, um, as long as I can, as long as I can provide them with broadcast quality audio, you know, I, I can do it on my own and I can, I can sort of tailor the time at which I record so the neighbors aren't banging on the wall, you know, that, that kind of stuff. But they're so particular, um, with, uh, with video games and animation that I think that, uh, that's been a really interesting piece of it, you know, to, to make sure that your, your booth or your closet or whatever is really up to their specs, you know? So I mean, we definitely, we definitely up-leveled, you know? So, I mean, it has to be because you're recording for streaming services for, for like, you know, major companies and yeah, major shows and they want TV quality. They don't want like, Hey, let's, they don't want like streaming quality. <laughs> so, right. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, they're like, yeah, we want this to be TV quality and we need this at X time. So get right on it. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. Yep. So that's always fun. Um, no, I mean, has it has it been crazy, like, you know, getting used to it at first, or was it just normal for you? Was it just like, yeah, you know, this is whatever for me? Um, yeah, it never, for me, it never felt, the, the, the work issue never felt crazy, you know, um, again, because I already work from home. Um, and, uh, and so I saw a lot of, you know, we saw an uptick in auditions in the beginning for commercial work, you know, for companies that are, you know, putting out advertising that, that 
is COVID related, you know? So there was, there was a big uptick in auditions. Um, and so that, that's always the gauge, right? It's, you, you can't ever judge how busy it is based on how much you are booking. It's, it's really more, you base how busy it is on how many auditions you're, you get. I mean, because booking is so subjective and th there's really no rhyme or reason to it. But if you're getting a lot of auditions, you know, you're considered to be busy. Um, and really auditions are the work of a voice actor. So, um, so in that regard, you know, things have stayed pretty, pretty busy, um, because there's just been a lot of opportunity, right? So, um, and the only thing I, you know, have had to adjust to really, you know, um, are seeing people, you know, seeing, uh, friends doing, you know, the, the social things that I used to do, which were both, both personal and professional. Um, and everyone, you know, to, uh, a greater or lesser degree, you know, has been having to contend with that, you know. Um, but I'm an introvert. So, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm okay, you know, to talk to people via Zoom, you know, um, I'm all right not to leave my house. That's just my personality type, right? And so I find myself just, I walk the dog, you know, that's how I get outside and get a walk in and get some get some air and stuff like that. So um, so it hasn't, you know, I feel really fortunate. I know so, I mean, just millions and millions and millions of people have had their lives turned upside down. And um, and I, I just feel fortunate to be in a business where my life really wasn't um, so terribly turned upside down. I'm very fortunate and mindful, you know, of that good fortune. So, I mean, and that's all we can do right now is just look on the positive. Like that's all, mm -hmm. you know, all of us can do. And, and, but I think it's interesting because, you know, if any, if any good came out of this, it's just seeing what people can do in, when faced in, in a pandemic or faced in a situation that they're not normally in, you know, not normally used to. Like what yes. would, like what would happen if like extroverts had to become introverts? So yeah, <laughs> right. Just... I know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I marvel at the um you know at the perseverance and tenacity of people who are really you know particularly people in the service industry um who are who are really just going just above and beyond trying to find ways to bring service to their customers to stay open to you know keep their employees um on the books and you know people are um, inventive and tenacious and, you know, it's very impressive to me. Um, and I, I, you know, I try to do everything I can to support those people who are really, um, working and struggling to keep their businesses open and alive and doing so by, you know, moving things online and, um, and also, you know, restaurants and bars and stuff that are at least here, you know, um, those, you know, that they're providing takeout, that they're providing delivery, that when the cities allow them to, they're, they are, um, they're moving their restaurant, they're, they're dining outdoors, you know, and the, I just, I'm so impressed with that human spirit of, um, you know, of ingenuity and survival. And, um, and so, yeah, people have done um, amazing things in the face of really terrible, terrible circumstances and terrible disaster. So, um, but that, but that's what we do, you know, when, when pressed with a difficult time, I think we rise to the occasion, you know, as difficult as it is. And with so much loss that, that people have, um, experienced and endured, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's just how, it's just so fascinating just seeing how, like how people react to being faced with a situation that is uncertain and they don't know if they're going to get out of this. Okay. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. But you know, they, they try and that's, that's all any of us can do. It's like we can yeah. either adapt or die. That's all we yeah. can do. Change or die. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's the adage, right? Yeah. 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 It's funny, like looking back a year ago and thinking, man, like, where did the times go? Like when we used to do stuff that seemed just crazy. Like now, like looking back, it's like, hey, remember, yeah. remember when we used to have social gatherings and we used to talk to people and we used to go out to yeah. malls and, and have birthday parties and all this stuff. Go to the movies <laughs> and go to concerts. And yeah, yeah. 
absolutely crazy. You know, I look forward to the day when we're all able to go back and do those things. Things I think that will be a glorious, glorious time, and I look forward to it. I kind of, I mean, I think I said this before, but I kind of miss conventions the most because oh those, yeah, those were absolutely yeah, those were fun. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I look forward to those coming back for right. sure. I mean, especially like looking back at like, cause I'm in my room and I look at stuff like I had, you know, all the stuff that I got signed by voice actors and I'm like, ah, oh, I should have, should have talked to them more if I had known. <laughs> <Should've>. Yeah. <laughs> should have. That day will come again. It will come again. Uh, I mean, have you, I mean, did you actually go to any conventions before the covid hit the fan or did you just not deal with that uh i went to a couple yeah i was at uh i sat on a panel at um la comic-con last uh i want to say last summer um and the year before that i just went to la comic-con with my daughter who's a you know big anime fan and um and i've been to uh you know san diego comic-con the, the the mother of all cons and uh and then also oh i was at a con in seattle a couple of years ago i'm trying to think of the name of it i can't remember i'm terrible terrible with names um, I can't remember. I can't remember. Um, but I was really looking forward to it. You know, I, I just, um, just this past January when, you know, I, well, I, I booked it, I booked it a year ago or so, but, um, this past January, Star Trek Picard was, you know, uh, was released, came to air and I am the voice of the ship, um, uh, the, the computer voice for Picard's ship, La Serena. And, um, that was like a huge, uh, win for me because I am a Star Trek, um, nerd, um, uh, next generation and, um, Voyager in, in particular. And so, so to be, even to be associated with the, the franchise is just like such a fantastic thing. And I was kind of looking forward to like, oh, you know, maybe I'll get to go to a Star Trek convention this year, you know, like, nope, you won't be doing that this year. So I just hope the show goes back. I'm sure. Well, I know they were in the midst of uh, production for the second and third season. So I just I look forward to them. Uh, starting up production full throttle, you know, and getting back to uh, getting back to that. So, yeah, I was looking forward. But uh, like everyone, you know, we're all just sort of waiting with bated breath for things to come back to some semblance of normal. Right. And how did you get involved in that? Because I can't imagine that would have that, that must have been easy getting involved in something as big as Star Trek. Well, it you know, it, it just came as an audition. It just came as an audition that it didn't have the Star Trek name on it. You know, it had an NDA attached to it. And so it was just an audition that I read for, for an artificial intelligence for, um, you know, for a computer. Um, and so I was totally shocked when it turned out to be Star Trek. I, I, I was like, are you kidding me? Like, like, I felt like I had won the lottery, you know? I mean, I've read for, I've auditioned for a lot of voices for that are artificial intelligence. And sometimes I book them and sometimes I don't. And, you know, I've done a few video games where I, where I am the AI, you know? Um, and so it just was a, it was just another audition. You know, it was just another thing that came across my desk, you know, um, and into my inbox. And so that is as simple as as can be. Right. It wasn't complex. I didn't feel any great pressure because I didn't know what it was. Um, so I just did what I do. You know, I just did. I just did what I do. <laughs> and it happened to be a fit, you know. Um, so it was a, a tr truly it's like. It's like winning the lottery. That's how I view it with with this particular job. I suppose every job to someone feels like they're winning the lottery, but you know, to be to be again involved um, and associated with the Star Trek franchise is a, is like a dream come true. So, but it but it really wasn't any big process. You know, it it was just I think because I didn't know what it was. It's just artificial intelligence. This is what you're going to say. You know, here's your script, and then uh, it was you know maybe a month later where I realized what it was. It was like, oh, oh my goodness. So, yeah, it's good. I mean, they have to make it, uh, you know, they have to keep everything under wraps. Otherwise, you know, someone might blab and then, you know, they might yeah, get fired. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, I mean, yeah, it's, exactly. it's a big deal because that was, I remember like the announcement for that felt like a big deal because it was like. Oh, yeah. 
because they I no, like because they didn't tell anyone because it was just like a, at a Star Trek convention and there's like oh it's a Patrick Stewart panel and he comes out gives the speech and it's like oh he's gonna talking about Picard and then he's like oh yeah by the way Picard's coming back and it's like what what <laughs> I know I remember that I remember he got a little weepy he yeah was a, yeah yeah he he was so happy to be doing it so yeah that was a few years ago it's yeah. So I, I, again, just as a fan, I was like, oh, I can't wait for Star Trek to come back out with Picard. And then it's like, you know, to be involved in it is great. And I don't, I've never met anyone, you know, again, I, it's like, it's such an unusual role because it's done in post-production. So, you know, I've, I haven't been anywhere near a member of that cast. You know, it's just, it's, it's the last thing to go, you know, to go on uh um on tape if you will before before it goes to air so um so it's a funny little job but it's it's great yeah but so then, one day hopefully but, i'll go to a con and get to meet some somebody maybe i'll be so lucky <laughs> no but then but then you have that power of like you can just easily walk up to to any member of the cast and say yeah i was the voice of the ship and they're like what yeah <laughs> Yeah, no, exactly. You're right. That's true. If I ever had the opportunity to walk up to Patrick Stewart and go, hey, I'm the voice of La Serena, I'm sure he'd give me a hug, which I, which I would be <laughs> thrilled by. No. <laughs> no, I mean, it's just, it's it's so weird because, you know, you just, it's it's just another audition. You like, you don't think about it. You're yeah. just like, yeah, it's just, you know, okay, what do they want? Okay, sh- AI. Okay, cool. What yeah, is it? That. And then what is it? Oh, it's Star Trek. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was that was the that was how it went down for sure. <laughs> and have you ever you just watched it back and 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 thought, oh, th- that was the take they went with? Mm. <laughs> oh, and you know, I just I've watched it. You know, I've watched it, but I haven't watched it to uh, you know to critique my own work. I'm just I just am so. Um, I just was enthralled by the by the show. I lo- I loved it. Um, I loved it, and I can't wait to see where it goes for season two. I just there's so many possibilities. They really left that so wide open. So um, so I was just you know I was just I was thrilled to watch the show. Regardless, if, I mean certainly it is it, it adds a little bit of you know adds a little it adds the cherry on top that 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 I'm actually in it you know but i i would have loved it regardless you know um that's that's really the the treat that it came back and and i love i loved it so and so you were just watching it as a fan and you know not as someone who was involved i think that's that's interesting yes <laughs> oh yeah oh i i have seen let me tell you i didn't watch next generation when it when it first broadcast um starting in the in the late 1980s i i didn't i wa- i wasn't a star trek fan then um after i gave birth to my daughter uh 17 and a half years ago um my husband at the time he um he uh he just he he liked star trek and so he would he would turn it on you know it was on reruns and stuff and so I just started watching it and he, and I said, well, this is kind of interesting. He said, yeah, you, you should watch the series, you know? And so I think it was running on BBC America, believe it or not. And so every day I would turn it on and watch a few episodes and, and I swear to God, I watched several episodes every single day for a decade. And so I saw, I, I, watched that show in its entirety probably uh 10 15 times you know i i i know it so well and uh, and then i bought the the discs you know so i had i had that for a while and and then it just came on all of the you know it's on netflix and it's on hulu it's like everywhere um and so uh so then i then i don't know what happened i was like maybe i'll try voyager you know and then i started watching voyager and i did the same thing i just watched it over and over and over and over again and then i would start over again and watch it from the beginning you know and i i just did that several times so I I truly watched Star Trek Picard as a fan. Absolutely. Hands down. I was so intrigued by, you know, where his character went, what happened to the Federation, you know, what happened with Data, you know, and uh, how all of that kind of came full circle was just, it was fantastic. I just loved it. I could go on for hours about it, truly. <laughs> 
So if you don't want to talk about Star Trek for hours, you should ask me another question. <laughs> no, I'm I'm just thinking like how can how can you how can someone do that? Because I'm personally like the type of person who doesn't like watch stuff over and over again because it because oh, I kind of because yeah. I kind of worry I'm gonna wear it out if I do that and it won't have yeah. like the same effect because I know what's coming because I've done that before with other shows. Yeah, like I've yeah. watched shows over and over again that I kind of know the the beats. Like I know all the story beats and I know every single line of dialogue and yeah 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 and i always hated that because i remember as a kid like my cousin every time like we would watch hercules he would just constantly and i mean constantly quote every single line of dialogue and i'm like can you shut up please i'm trying to watch the movie (laughs) (laughs) i think the thing with star trek i don't do that with any other show no other show do i do that with and and i think there's just something about that entire franchise that is so um it's so ultimately hopeful you know um every episode by and large you know wraps up very neatly and the good guys always win and it's kind of you know hope for humanity and so it's it now i now i put it on when i'm cooking you know and it's just kind of in the background and i know i know what episode it is and i know what's going to happen and all of that but there's something familiar and very comforting about it i know that sounds strange like if you have any psychologists listening they're going to be like well she's a case study um but uh, but i do find it very soothing and i think a piece of it is that you know particularly jean-luc picard's character you know that he's 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 really in search of truth and goodness and the same with data you know he aspires to be the best of humanity right wouldn't it be great if all of us were like data we and we aspired to be the best of humanity you know so i think it's because of those overarching themes you know that i that i go to it you know not because it's terribly great uh television cinema you know it's not like i mean it's dated and it's you know it's kind of hilarious in many ways um i just watched the original series for the first time like two or three months ago and and i really had i really struggled to get through the first three or four episodes because i was like this is ridiculous (laughs) and then once i got into it then it was like oh okay now it's sort of found its footing and it's like well there it all began you know um so It's funny. I I watch it for different reasons than I watch other types of television. So so I don't even have to be paying attention to it. I just can hear it in the background and and all is right with the world. (laughs) I mean, that's kind of me with like other shows that I've watched over and over again. I'm like, if it's if it's on and if it's an episode I know by heart, I'll just keep it on and like keep it on the background while I do something else. (laughs) Yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Folding laundry. That's me doing dishes, (laughs) cooking dinner and folding laundry so yeah doing doing cooking while the the speech of uh data's humanity plays in the background (laughs) exactly 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 right yes yeah measure of a man that's a great episode yeah it's a fantastic episode yeah i love it that's one of the best best ones in the i want to say it's in the second season you know and and the first and second season of uh star trek is of of tng is it's rough going but but there are some gems in there you know and that's one of them for sure for sure yeah because originally like roddenberry wanted to tell like original series stories in the 80s when everybody had moved on from yeah from that style of television and that's why it's so awkward and so terrible and yeah yes it had to find its own had to find its own feet you know so yeah no ah god uh i'm curious like have you seen um lower decks yet or have you not seen that i haven't i haven't um it's funny because that is that's it that's the title of another episode in tng and so it was sort of like what is what is that you know um so no i haven't i haven't watched any of the sort of peripheral um offerings of star trek other than the the um the series um and uh and the films you know i've seen many of the films not all of them but that was next on my list uh after i after i watched the original series was to go to the to all of the uh all of the films starting starting back you know with kirk um and run through all of those and let that sort of you know occupy my brain space for a while so yeah oh boy get ready for an uneven trill an, une- an, une- an uneven set of films then because yes are... <laughs> yeah i understand that's the case yeah but that's all right you know 
It's like getting through. It's like through get, getting through the first, you know, couple of uh, episodes, if not seasons, of of any of the uh, any of the TV shows. Is always you kind of have to, kind of have to, you know, be patient. You know, <laughs> that's kind of a weird mentality, I think, because some people can power through like some of the earliest episodes. But I've known some people who just like flat out told me, like, "Look, man, if a show doesn't like grip me from like the first three episodes, I'm I'm done." Like I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. really, dude? Because I just feel like you know, three episodes. I mean, I get like, okay, three episodes, but why not five? You know, I would I would imagine like after five episodes, you get a good understanding of of what a show is and if you like it or not. But three is just I don't know. I never understood that rule personally. Yeah, it's funny. Um, it's funny. I have a friend who absolutely loves uh next generation and the character of Picard and she's just having the hardest time with her willingness to watch Picard you know and she's like well I heard it's this and it's it's darker and you know there's more violence and I and I was like my friend I said you know remember Tasha Yar died early you know in the series that's like there were those were dark times at the time you know, and I said, you you have to get through it because the end of the first season of Picard is so worth it. I mean, you have you have to see yourself through, you know, and follow the trajectory of the characters, even if you don't like the circumstances, because it all it all comes together in the end, you know, so um so, yeah, it's I think, you, yeah, this whole thing of like, if it doesn't grab me by the by the first or second, I'm done. Uh, yeah, I, I certainly with Star Trek, you have to you have to give it time. <laughs> I mean, it's the you know, it's they created a whole genre, you know, it's like you got to watch sort of the founding series of, of, of sci fi stuff, you know. Yeah, I mean, I understand if it's like something from like the 60s, because the 60s series is like kind of tough to like really tough to, to watch in like modern <laughs> times because you're thinking of from a from a modern perspective yeah. and you're just trying yeah. so hard not to deconstruct it because you're like, oh, <laughs> this is just so, so weird and trippy and 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 not and sometimes nonsense but yes but it's hilarious i think you have to look at it with a sense of humor because there's so much of it that it truly is funny i mean but but i i loved it nonetheless i thought it was great i mean it's great i mean it has it it has its moments but i think to me like my favorite i think my favorite it's it's tough because it's i kind of like both tng and you know deep space nine but it's kind of tough to to say which one is like the best star trek series because they're both you know those two series are both really good good and they both have their strengths and weaknesses but sure yeah yeah it's just it's yeah. hard it's hard man yeah yeah i i gotcha <laughs> yeah because you like both those cap you know both those crews both those characters both those captains and and yeah. you just you know you're like i can't pick one i'm sorry they're just they're yeah they're it's both, like but they're both great in like their own different uh different incarnations yeah it's like trying to choose a favorite child it's not, <laughs> not not easy to do so well i mean just do what what most voice actors do and say i love all all my roles equally <laughs> i won't go that far <laughs> no but what is your favorite role that you've played so far oh wow um, I, I have a couple, uh, and I love them for different reasons. Um, uh, I, I think voicing, you know, a starship is, is like, in, in just in terms of how it makes my heart sing, like uh, that's the favorite. It's not, it's not the most, uh, difficult. It's not the most, uh, um, it's not a really in-depth character. It's not a three-dimensional character. Obviously it's just a, a computer voice, but but I, I love I love being associated with the with the franchise as I as I mentioned. So I love that for that reason. Um, I loved doing Anna in Lara Croft: Rise of the Tomb Raider um, because that really was a three dimensional character, um, and it was oh, it was just so much fun. And I had a great director, and um, and it it was it was well written, and you know it, so the so the character was written in a three dimensional way. And which made it just that much more fun to to you know to voice the character. Um, and I loved her too because 
you know, she was all in the um, in the cutscenes. You know, it's, I, it's not a playable character, so it was all about the acting, and um, and that was really fun. And then I did um, the role of Persephone Brimstone in Agents of Mayhem, which uh, which is a video game that you know. Um, really died before it was born, <laughs> but but it was a great game. It's a great game. It just it was released with too many um, too many issues, you know, too many fixes, and uh, it sort of didn't know what it what it wanted to be in in a certain way. Um, but I loved that character, Persephone Brimstone, uh, because she had sort of a quasi French accent, sort of a Euro French accent, and was you know, kind of a classic femme fatale who, you know, drank cocktails at work and had a, you know, smoked a cigarette on the end of a long, you know, a long cigarette holder. It's sort of classic, you know, French femme fatale, which was really, really fun. And it was quite a, quite a substantial character too. And, um, but it, but but the character was a bit like M, you know, in the Bond series. Like I, like I, I wasn't out. My character wasn't out, you know, fighting fighting the bad guys. But I, but I was directing them. You know, um, I was their boss. You know, and so that was really that was really fun. And she was very she was written in a very fun way. So, I think those are my three three favorites. Um, I loved doing this is a completely different thing altogether. But for a while, I I don't know if your listeners would be familiar with this, but um, for a for four seasons, I was the voice of a TV show called uh, The Property Brothers, which was on HGTV as a home home renovation show. And it's wildly popular. I mean, I think they must have 20 million seasons. I mean, they're like, it's crazy. Um, and it, it, it initially started in Canada, and then they did an American version here. And, um, and I voiced the, four, the, the first four seasons of that. And that was a really great, fun job to narrate that show. Um, mostly because the the um, you know it was lighthearted and the subject matter was interesting and I loved the the production company that I worked with they were just fabulous fabulous people at Red Arrow um, really great uh, great producers of that kind of content and um, so those are my faves out of thirty five years worth of uh, doing voiceover those are my faves um, that's an interesting list because it's they're all unique they're not different. yes <laughs> they're all they're not the same. <laughs> So indeed, <laughs> indeed, it's I've, I have been very fortunate to work in a lot of areas, a lot of different areas of voiceover. So I think that, yeah, because it's not just cartoon voices, it's promos, no. it's video games, it's all bunch yeah. of stuff that people yeah. think is just, oh, voiceover, you must mean cartoons. No, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And that's been the sort of the, the I've just I've just gotten into animation in the last five to seven years. Um, um, so that's a whole new area to me, um, and uh, and I've just done some small roles here and there, but th- but those have been really fun too, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, interesting, interesting. I'm lucky I get to do what I do. So it's a fun job. <laughs> yeah, it's a fun job. It's very true. <sighs> yeah, <laughs> and and again, it's it's you know you're fortunate to work in a in a profession that can survive that that's pretty much isolated to begin with and you can work from home and it's not a yeah. it's not a bother so yeah. you, you know you don't have to worry about hey i i i can't you know i don't i have this on camera thing that i can't work on anymore because right. of quarantine and right you, know, you don't yeah. have to worry about that you can just yeah. record whenever and just make sure the audio sounds good before you send it and that's it yeah <laughs> yep yep exactly <laughs> exactly i know very very fortunate very fortunate so what what's the one thing about voiceover that the the monuments conception that that people have about voiceover that that just annoys you to no end um i i mean there are a couple but it's so rare that 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 you know that there's any flack or difficulty about it um I I think some people assume that if you have an interesting sounding voice that you would be good at voiceover. And that is not necessarily true. It's not even necessarily it's 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 not the first thing that matters. You know, it's your it's your ability to uh to act 
you know, and to create characters and to understand a written script, and no matter the form of that script, if it's a commercial or if it's a narration piece or if it's an audio book or if it's, you know, an animation script, um, you have to be able to understand and interpret and understand your medium. And um, I think you have to be fearless, especially when doing video games and, and animation. And, um, and really, having an interesting sounding voice is way down on the list. You know, I, I, there are many, many just extraordinary voice actors who really don't have interesting sounding speaking voices. They create voices. They create characters. And, um, and then I think another thing is that the assumption that if you can imitate a, a beloved um, animated character, that you can do animation. Except you have to remember that, that the voice that you might be imitating, somebody else created it, right? Um, I always think of Rob Paulson, you know, um, he, uh, you know, he's the voice of Pinky and Pink, Pinky and the Brain and um, um, Yakko Warner and Animaniacs and, and people love, and Carl Weezer and, uh, uh, wow, I just lost the name hmm. of the Jimmy, and Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy Neutron, Neutron, yeah. yeah. Um, people love to imitate uh, Carl Weezer. He's such a fantastic character. Um, but but Rob actually created that voice. So it's not a matter of being just being able to do the voice, but but to be able to create the voice. And so if you're if you have a knack for imitating, that's a specific skill, you know, which is kind of cool, right? But nobody's going to have you if you're if you think oh, I can do a really good Carl Weezer, so I should do voiceover. Nobody's going to hire you to do Carl Weezer because because of the they have the guy who created the voice, you know. So it's really your, your capacity to invent characters based on what you're reading, you know, in the script, and if you're lucky. If you're lucky enough to get any kind of a visual for the for the character, um, so I think this notion that it's all about the sound of our voices is really it's really a misnomer. It, it's not. It's about your uh, your creative capacity, you know, to to invent characters and to read and interpret scripts. Um, and then along with that, I think people think, oh, voiceover is so easy. <laughs> You know, and um, and I think for those who do it really well, um, it's it it comes naturally to them. Um, that is true. But the career itself is not an easy career, um, just because there's there's no consistency of an income, and it's like it's like being a you know kind of an average Joe actor, if you will, which is a different kind of grind than being a movie star. You know, the vast majority of people in the acting field who call themselves actors are not movie stars. They are, you know, they're day players. They're journey journeyman actors, you know, who are working really hard to audition, to land a job in the hopes that they, you know, make enough to qualify for their insurance, you know. Um, so it's not an easy job. It, it, has its, it has its benefits if you have some success at it. But it's a long road to success. Um, and um, I mean, here I've been in it for 35 years and I still audition every day. And if I don't audition, I will not work, you know. Um, and so you never arrive. You, you never I mean, even people, you know, even Rob Paulson will tell you he just happens to be a dear friend of mine. But, you know, e even Rob Paulson will say it's you never arrive. What did he say? You know, he won a he won an Emmy for his uh work as pinky um and you know he'll tell you you know five uh you know an emmy and five bucks will buy you a latte like he has an emmy but that but the man still has to work you know hard every day to keep his career alive you know so um so th those those are the misperceptions i think you know um that it's all about the sound of your voice which is not true and and that uh it's if, if you can if you can imitate someone's character then then you're right for for doing animation and then that it's easy you know and uh th those things are not necessarily true so yeah and that's another thing is like people just look at like say rob paulson or whoever and say oh they're successful they must be like you know it comes easy to them no they have to audition as well and yep 
Like yep. it doesn't matter. Yep. Like, you know, Rob's been in the business for God, how many years now? Yeah. Over... Like 40, 40, 45, almost yeah, 40, and, and... 40 some odd in the seventies. That's yeah. It's like 10 years behind me. Yeah. And he's still like auditioning. He's still like trying to find work to get by, you know, it's not, it's not one of those things where, oh man, he's like a recognizable name. That means he's like, you know, he yeah. can get like everything he wants. No, not really. Yeah. You still, you know, you, you, you keep at the work of, you know, building your career. You know, there, there just isn't, I mean, I, I, I would make the distinction and certainly Rob would too, that, you know, it, uh, you know, he, He's not eking out a living like like most actors are, you know. Um, he's not worried about paying his rent, you know, at the moment. Um, but but he can't. He doesn't have the luxury of stopping, right? That that there's always there's always work to be done, and and he doesn't just get work because of who he is. He's still having to prove himself. So I think that's the that's the, the a misnomer that if you arrive at a certain level that you no longer have to audition, that people just hire you, you know, because of who you are and what you've done, and that I just. Don't don't think that's the case in voiceover. You know, um, more and more people move in and out of the roles of producer or director, and you know, this network comes into into being with a a whole new set of people doing the hiring, and you know, um, it, it's it's kind of constantly evolving. Um, so uh, yeah, so that's that's really a little bit just just to clarify that I um, you know. Uh, he certainly has, Rob certainly has, and he would tell you, you know, he's had a really great amount of good fortune. And he's uh, he's ridiculously talented. Like, he's insane. He's insanely talented, and he's insane. Um, uh, you know, so he's he'd be the first guy to tell you, you know, and also to say, yeah, and I'm the one who keeps my career alive by continuing, you know, to, to propel it forward. So it, it never ends. It never ends until you choose, you know, till you choose to end it. So, yeah, or retire or, you know, as, as you wish, you know. So I mean, I don't think anyone has the I don't think like voiceover is like one of those things that you can like retire from. I think you can stop working, but I don't think like they'll, you know, you can retire from it. I mean, not in the traditional sense anyway. No, it's not like you get to 65 and then nobody hires you anymore. But but you absolutely can. I, I mean, I know several people who got to a particular age and said, okay i'm done you know i'm 67 i don't want this grind anymore i've got my pension and uh i'm i'm moving to another state and i'm gonna go relax you know so so i think retirement is more like it's a choice that you make at whatever age you decide that the grind of of being an actor which is which is what this is you know is just like you've, you're done you've had enough and and absolutely people get to that point <laughs> Oh yeah, so, um, yeah. Well, what's yeah. It? I mean, I had like Townsend Coleman on you know, last year, and he you know talked oh, good. about. I mean, he talked yeah. about like, hey man, like I'm just not into doing cartoons anymore. I'm just like that part of my yeah. life is over, and I don't want to do it anymore. And you know, yeah, yeah. And it's like, hey, that's fine, you know. And he's crazy talented. He's awesome. Yes. And, Oh and, and yeah, he, and he could have gone thirty more years, but no, he just stopped. Absolutely, stopped yeah. when he was ahead. And I think you know what? That's you know, you do you, buddy. You do you. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's and that I think you know that that's just an example of you know it, it when Townsend was doing all those cartoon characters that he was doing. And when he was the voice of NBC, you know, his, he, he had a crazy schedule and it was insane. He was working 16, 17 hour days every day of the week. And, and it, and it, and eventually you just like, wow, I don't even have time to, you know, eat, you know, and I, I'm not getting enough sleep. And, you know, so yeah, I, I, and that's an example of just someone who it's where it's like, even in, when you're in the throes of the success of it, it's, it can be really hard on you, you know, because of the, the, the pressure that is, that's, that's on you, you know, to perform at that level um, for so many hours uh, per, per day, you know, um, it's, it's a different kind of, it's a different kind of energy. Um, a lot of people outside of the, the, film and entertainment industry work really hard days it's so it's not not to uh it's very different than you know true physical labor um and so it's a different kind of difficulty you know it's a different kind of exhaustion um but it but it is real nonetheless you know so 
Um, <clears throat> I don't think that I don't think Townsend would ever be one to to complain. I, I think he I think he always has felt very very fortunate for what he's you know what he's done and and the success that he has had. So um, yeah, but it could be rough for sure. Yeah, and that's that's what I like about like voice acting is like even when you know someone decides to stop, they don't talk about like the past work as it's like an an old shame. He's like the kind. I mean, if you talk to him about like you know the Tick, he he'll go on for hours about oh, how yeah. much he loved doing that show and how much he you know still is friends with like the creator and and he'll, he'll yeah he'll do he'll you know he'll do like he'll still be part of that franchise in in any way he can because he loves that franchise. So it's not like he. He's like, oh man, it's an old shame. I don't want to talk about it, but you know, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. that's what I love about voiceovers. Like, you know, I have yet to to talk to anybody who felt like shame doing something that <laughs> that that they that any of their roles are like. Ah, don't talk to me about that. I don't I don't want to talk yeah. about that. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. No, that's very true. That's very true. I mean, and that's that's what I love about it. It's like because. You know, even the roles that some people might not think about that much mean something to to someone. And yes. at the end, of the, at the end yeah. of the day, that that's what matters. It's like, hey, yes. yeah, you yes. you might not have enjoyed, you know, you might not have thought about that character you did thirty years ago, but I still like it. So that's that's yeah. I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, it's those characters can be a great. Uh, uh, blessing to people, you know, I think, um, and folks like Townsend and Rob, they, they understand that, you know, which is lovely. It's really lovely. Yeah, it really is. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a wonderful business with tons of weird people. Exactly. <laughs> so true. Wonderful business with tons of weird people. So true. <laughs> like that, that's the thing is like, you, you think like, oh man, voice actors, they're, they're normal folk, right? No, no. <laughs> not normal they're lovely i have to say you know i just i've always loved the the camaraderie of uh of people in the voiceover business they're very um they're lovely and generous and um and funny and very kind-hearted so it's i i do love that about um about being in voiceover yeah and that's that's another great thing about you know, whenever I reach out to someone, they, you know, even when they decline, they decline in a very respectful way. They're not <laughs> like total jerks about it. They're like, oh, right. sorry, man, I'm just too busy. And it's like, yeah, that's fine. That is yeah, completely yeah. understandable. And, you know, yeah. if, if you go up to someone like, say, you know, a huge, you know, because yeah, you, you hear about like stories about, ah, these people are jerks and, and you know, certain types of businesses and, and you hear all these horror stories. But, you know, voiceover, I've, I've yet to, like, I've yet to, to meet someone who was really mean or really terrible. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Okay. That's very, very, very rare. <laughs> very rare. Yeah. I mean, there are. I'm not going to say, oh, everyone's like nice, but it's very rare. Yeah. Totally agree. Totally. So yeah, with that said, um, anything else you want to say before we wrap this up? I don't think so. I'm <laughs> I'm just you know I'm thrilled to be able to talk for a bit about this career that I love and have been fortunate enough to work in. So um, yeah, um, yeah, it's and I'm I'm just I'm happy that you asked. Um, you know, if anybody wants to see any more that I've done or you know you can check out my website at kbest.com it's as easy as that and um otherwise um it's, this has been great thank you so much for taking the time off to do this this has been fun yeah, i appreciate it thank you so much all right bye-bye take care take care